Hi, I'm Peter Alsop. For our song to chew this week, we'll listen to another song by the wonderful Jeff Morgan from my Ebenezer's Makeover album. It's called Shoulder to the Wheel. Jeff recorded it on his Flying Fish album, Finally Letting It Go, in 1981. A couple of episodes ago, we listened to another Jeff Morgan song that I sang called It's My Penis. Well, today, we've got the good fortune to hear Jeff himself singing his song for us, Shoulder to the Wheel. When I was a boy, I wanted to be older. But I didn't know that higher up the air grows colder. My shoulder to the wheel, just like my father and the wheel keeps a turning and the work keeps getting harder. Well, I'm up every morning racing with the sun For just my two hands there's too much to be done For everything I own I've always had to borrow Well I can't die today Lord, the payment's due tomorrow I'm only 35 but I feel I'm pushing 90 and I keep having nightmares, good God almighty I dream they've laid me out, and I'm six feet under free But what's that I hear, the boss is digging after me I have a wife at home, Lord I hardly know her The years have made us strangers, instead of growing closer Nine babies crying, that's too many mouths to feed I wish sometimes she turned away when I had the need When they lay me down, I'll finally get some rest A pillow for my head and a rose for my chest But don't let that preacher say too much on my grave The ones who are still living are the ones who need be saved when I was a boy, I wanted to be older But I didn't know that higher up the air grows colder My shoulder to the wheel, just like my father And the wheel keeps turning and the work keeps getting harder I've heard this song many times, and I wove it into the theme of my Ebenezer's Makeover album as part of the storyline. But last night, as I listened to this song again, I noticed something that I hadn't ever noticed before in one of the verses. Jeff sings his song in the first person, from the point of view of the regular working guy about how trapped he feels by simply trying to do the things that are expected of men in general. Something in the verse about his wife popped out at me. I was sitting there thinking about the verse, and my wife walked through the room and simply mentioned, I didn't like that verse much, and kept on walking. I said, yeah, I was just thinking about that. I'd been listening closely and relating to the verses about how, as a boy, he wanted to be a man and do things that men did. I remember that feeling. And how when I was old enough and I'd started working to earn a living, how hard I had to hustle to pay bills. Just trying to get everything done that needed to be done was overwhelming at times. And this happens to many of us men even before we have kids, right? After we have kids, if we have kids, our list of things to do gets much longer and much more important, and the pressure to keep up just continues to build. The next verse was about having to borrow money to make ends meet, and the nightmares that come because of all the pressure we feel was also something that resonated with me. 
I've never dreamed about my boss digging after me in the grave after I died. But the image is haunting, and the pressure about getting out of debt and back into some kind of financial balance is something that I'm sure many of us can relate to. No, it was the third verse about his wife that popped a flag up for me. He's tired, and he can't seem to find any respite, any break in the constant pressure. And as he bemoans the fact that he hardly knows his wife because he goes to work all day long every day, and that they have nine babies crying, I'm guessing that's nine babies in a row, one after the other, not all of them at the same time, that he rightfully claims that there are too many mouths to feed. And then he says, I wish she turned away when I had the need. Hmm. Did you notice that when it went by? Because even though I've considered myself a feminist for the last 60 years, before last night, I never noticed that he's kind of blaming his wife for not stopping him from making sexual advances toward her when he has the need. Maybe it's just that I hadn't listened to this song in a number of years, but it seems pretty clear to me that it's not her job to point out to him that they already have eight children, right? I also think it's pretty normal in any relationship to find one partner blaming the other one for something that happened, when in fact, it's not the other partner's fault at all. I'm guessing his wife had probably been giving him messages about his advances in all sorts of ways, subtle and not so subtle, you think. Now, knowing Jeff and having learned lots and lots from him and his songs, he may have written the verse that way because it is accurate for the way that many men think. And he had the realization about exactly why I call this podcast Songs to Chew, because if you just swallow a song without chewing it a bit, you don't really get to taste it or savor its nuances. As my wife walked through the room and mentioned how this verse didn't seem to measure up, and I agreed, it reminded me of another learning opportunity that happened for me at the fifth annual conference on men and masculinity in Los Angeles way back in the 80s. As I sat in the back row of the audience amongst what I assumed were mostly gay-identified men, quite a few straight men and some scatterings of women, the male presenter on stage said something that was definitely not okay, a low-consciousness comment that inadvertently supported old patriarchal ideas. I couldn't help myself. And I leaned over to the man sitting next to me and said something like, whoa, he's got some learning to do, huh? He's going to catch some flack for that. To which my neighbor looked me squarely in the eye and said, don't we all have some learning to do? Like about getting rid of the competition us men do with each other to see if we could be more politically correct than the next guy? What I love about this movement is knowing that we all make mistakes and learning how to catch ourselves when we're being competitive and remembering to cut the other guy some slack when he makes a mistake because we all make mistakes as we work to try to lift ourselves up, all of us together, into a more conscious way of being men in this world. I said, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, thanks for talking me down. And we laughed. Although this happened for me in the 80s, my lesson about cutting others some slack and recognizing our humanness is still very relevant today as we struggle to develop new paradigms and make improvements in our understanding of gender, and sexual identities, and orientations our racism and choices about abortion and gun manufacturing and war, our economic system, and our dramatically changing climate. I bring up this verse of the song not in any way to lessen its value, but rather to extol the idea that songs like this give us the opportunity to see where we've been, to build our awareness of better ways to act in our world, and then to take action, sometimes by intervening in a caring way and pointing out to another person, like that fellow did for me, or sometimes to practice our patience with others who may not have come as far along down the tracks of consciousness as we think we have. We're all looking to find a deeper understanding and analysis of our human behaviors, 
our triumphs, and our missteps so we can make the world better for all of us. Thanks for chewing on this song with me today. I'm Peter Alsop. I'll be back next week with another song to chew. Bye for now.